Father, we thank you for the ability to worship you and to praise you and to hear your word. We thank you that the words that go forth from my mouth will come from you and that be able to touch and minister to the people so that they may glorify you in all that they do. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen. I want to talk to you today a very special principle, a profound truth that's hard to comprehend. But with the spiritual mind, you can comprehend it. The Apostle Paul says, it's a mystery. It's a mystery to the non-believers, but it's not a mystery to us because we can understand it. What is it? Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's been revealed to us. Christ in, it's an amazing principle. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. This is amazing. That Almighty God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, would say, I want to reside and be in you. Not just walk alongside, not just watch from heaven. I'm coming to live in you. Amen? Is this amazing? It's a mystery. How can Jesus, how can the Spirit of God come in and reside in us? Now, I tell the story about when my wife and I were dating, we wanted to get so close to each other. We wanted to, like, you know, transpose into each other, but we couldn't do it. But God says, I want to do that with you. I want to get in so, I want to be in your membranes. I want to be in your mind. I want to be uh, walking with you, whatever you do. So we're going to learn how to allow him to do that in a greater and fuller extent. Amen? Would you like that? You're going to stick around for that? Okay. So we usually say, uh, I have Jesus in my heart. Don't we usually say that? But let's think about that a minute, okay? Can Jesus be in your heart? It's a trick question, Laura. (laughs) Okay, but can the physical Jesus be in our heart? The physical Jesus, he's at the right hand of the Father. He's up in heaven, and he's only one person. How can he be in each and every one of us? That's impossible, isn't it? He's... But the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ is in us. Praise the Lord. So so what does Christ mean? Let's see, do we have that scripture? The mystery which has been hid from ages in Colossians 1.27 and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory and the mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the Hope of glory. Now, do you know the meaning of Christ? What is he saying here? Christ in you. What does that mean? It means, I'm glad you asked. It means the anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one, is in you. Because Christ is not Jesus' last name. Did you know that? Right? It mean, he was Jesus of Nazareth or Uh, Jesus, the son of Joseph, or the carpenter's son, they didn't have a lot of last names there, but it was where you were or who you belonged to. So Jesus, the Messiah, is in you. So translated to us in our day, the anointing is in you. Now, how do you get this anointing, you may ask? Well, it comes from God. It comes by the word of God, and it comes... By the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this next slide. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed, there's that word, Jesus of Nazareth, 
with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. So we see God, we see Jesus, and we see the Holy Spirit all in one verse, right? The Trinity, not in that name, but in that application. Who does the anointing? God. Who does the anoint? Jesus. What is Jesus? The Word. With the Holy Spirit and with power. So if we want to have the power of God on the inside of us, we have to put the Word of God in us and wait and watch for the anointing of God to come upon us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Now, I used to uh, be at a church and I would go pray for people that were sick. And um, let me back up. I, I was at the church, and I could pray for finances, and I had real good success in that because I established myself. Actually, I learned from my wife. <laughs> my wife knew how to spend, and I had to believe God <laughs> to cover <laughs> what she had and needed to spend. So I said, God, <laughs> God. <laughs> In Jesus' name. And so I learned how to believe God for extra money above and beyond what my normal income was. Because the Bible says that he's not just restricted to your income. Did you know that? He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. Come on, talk to me. Amen. He's not, he's not stuck to your limited, uh, what do they call that, uh, fixed income. He's not. And so when I started believing him, people started giving me money all over the place. And I said, whoa, looky here. And he started blessing the church, and he started giving, and we were able to get out of $100,000 debt in a year's time. Why? Because I learned how to believe God, and once you got that faucet turned on, you know how to believe for him, and it's just like a waterfall just coming before you. It's so, it's so wonderful. But you have to learn it. You have to press in and find what the scriptures say about it, and that way you can receive from him, and then Christ, the anointing, Rises up on the inside of you. Christ in you, rising up. Praise God. Amen. So, who does the transcommunication, who does the communicating between God and to Jesus? It's the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus had to pray all the time. He went and prayed, and he said, I only do those things that I see my Father do. I only say those things that I hear my Father say, because it's been transmitted transported from heaven from God the Father through the Holy Spirit. So God, Jesus is in heaven. God's in heaven. The Holy Spirit is working here according to the word that we have on the inside of us, and he watches over his word to perform it in our lives. Hallelujah. So you're not just an ordinary person. You're a vessel that God wants to use to show forth his glory into all the earth. Amen? Oh, this is so good. It is so good. I just don't know what to say. So I know that when I, so then I started learning how to pray for healing because I would pray for people and they got worse. I said, wait a minute. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I lay hands on the sick and they didn't recover. Something is wrong. There's a disconnect here. Is God wrong or am I wrong or what's the problem? And so I spent six months going with this guy to learn. He had the gift of healing to learn how to believe God for healing. And so in the midst of it, I said, lay hands on me. Lay hands on me so I have that gift. Nothing happened. I said, okay, God, God, I want that gift. Give me that gift. Nothing happened. 
But when I started studying the word, when I started putting it in my heart, meditating on it, confessing it, uh, lingering in it, all of a sudden, the anointing of God, which comes off of the word of God, started rising up on the inside of me. And when I go to pray, it wasn't like I was trying to find him. He was coming through me to pray for people. And the spirit of God is going to rise up on the inside of you based on what you've been studying in the word of God. What you've meditated, what you have in your heart is going to come out because God wants to use you. And I can tell you, there's times if, if someone needs healing, it's like the Holy Spirit starts bubbling up, starts ministering. Okay, get ready. We're, I want to heal this person. Praise the Lord. And you're here, so I got to use you. Your arms, your mouth, stretch forth and pray. And so I would do that just like at the dentist's office. I didn't want to pray for that lady in the nurse's office. I didn't think that it was going to work out because, you know, here I'm, you know, all distraught, worried about how my gums are going to turn out. And then afterwards, the Holy Spirit rose up in me. I, I didn't want to. He, he, he doesn't care whether I want to or not. He's got a message to give to that person. So as he rose up, I said, would you like to pray? It wasn't just my words. It was the Spirit she received. Yes, I do. And so I was able to pray and see her accept the Lord. Praise God. So in one day, got a healing, got a salvation. Hallelujah. Put, put it on the charts. Glory to God. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I have this mantle. I have this desire. And you should have a desire for something. Something of the Lord that God wants you to use. Usually, whatever pain you've been through, whatever you've suffered, you want to do that and give that to others. Uh, I was talking to Renee about how this guy named John G. Lake, uh, he had 12 siblings. I think 10 of them died. And he couldn't understand, Lord, why, why, why are these, why are my brothers and sisters, I need to find how to apply your healing virtue to them. So he started believing God and started studying the word and found out how to tap into the anointing of God. And he was able to believe God for healing. He went to Africa and prayed for people that had malaria. And guess what? He never got sick. <laughs> what? How could that be? So they, when he came to America, they said, John, how, weren't you afraid that you might get malaria? He said, no, I wasn't afraid at all. He says, here, I'll show you why. Put some malaria on my arm on my hand and put it under a microscope and I'll show you what's going to happen. So he put this hand there with the malaria, with the microscope, and they looked and they go, we can't believe it. The malaria cells are dying off. <laughs> I mean, God is greater than the devil? God is greater than sickness? Yes, he is. And the scripture he used, which I would have never thought in Romans 8, I think it's one or two, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life is greater than the law of the spirit of death. He said, my life is greater than death that's going around. So I carry this with me. I, I live with this. I, I hunger and look for people that need help. So as an example, we had uh, the lovely Sister Marietta call me the other, other week. She said, Pastor C, I'm sorry, but I don't think I can come to church for a couple of weeks because... I've got this vertigo that uh, has been, you know, keeping me down, and I got headaches, I'm dizzy, the room's spinning around, and the doctor said it's going to take a week or two for it to get over. I said, oh, no, 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 no. The shepherd doesn't run away. The shepherd goes and gets the sheep. So I said, Marietta, uh, Marianne, I will be right over. She said, okay, pastor. 
So we came over, we prayed, and the spirit left. Gone. Completely, totally healed. I said, that's wonderful, Marietta. Glory to God. And like a good doctor, I call back after a couple of days, say, how are you doing? First day, fine. Second day, uh, Pastor, it seems like it's coming back again. I go, what? That thing needs to go. In Jesus' name, I said, it was close to Sunday. I said, just come back on Sunday, and we'll pray over you, and we'll cast that thing out. Amen? Isn't that the right thing to do? So she came, and we prayed, Pastor Charlie and a few others, and it got a little better, but it was still there. So I scratched my head. I go, wait a minute. It's the same prayer we prayed on Thursday. We prayed on Sunday, and it doesn't work completely. So I, I, I couldn't figure it out. So what would most people say? Well, it must not be the Lord's will. <laughs> this church knows better than that, right? So uh, it's nice that we have hospitality because we can go and talk and everything. So we went and had dinner and Marietta and, and Pastor Charlie and I were there, and she goes, well, you know, Pastor C., I think one of the problems is my faith is that um, the reason why I can't receive is because my father had the same thing, same vertigo before, and he would complain about it, so we would take him to the doctors, and the doctors would say, uh, or he would say to the doctors, I think I feel fine now. I think everything's good now. I think I'm fine. And so Marietta would get upset, like, you've been complaining all this time. I take you to the doctors, and now you say, uh, you're fine. <laughs> and she got a little upset at him. So she said, I think the Lord is making me pay and experience what I was speaking to my father. I have to experience that same pain. She said, I think, he's a, I think he was a hypochondriac. How many believe that the Lord would do something like that, make you pay? Don't anybody raise their hand. Thank you. <laughs> and I had to say, no, the Lord doesn't think that way, but I used to think that way. Didn't you used to? Oh, I, I sinned. Uh, maybe, I, maybe the Lord's, uh, you know, paying me back for my sin. Maybe he's not happy with me. Maybe he doesn't love me as much anymore. We, we used to, and people still do that, still think that way. So I said, no, uh, the Lord doesn't do it that way. So let's pray. Did you ask for forgiveness? Yeah, yeah. let's pray again now. And we prayed. And she was like 75% better the next day, 100% better. And a week later, 100% better, never to come back. Because we believe that God wants to heal. And when I was praying, when I finally figured out how to get God's healing, I felt the Holy Spirit come through me when I was praying for somebody. And he said, I want to heal my people. So there's nothing that you're facing or coming, uh, that's coming against you that God doesn't want to heal. Praise the Lord. So... To enact that a little bit, the Lord kind of gave me a, some a little illustration, and I didn't have time to get all my actors in place, so I'm going to have to kind of do it myself, all right? You know, <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, Mark Twain, you know, how he, uh, how he uh, they, they do a one-act show. So, okay, here's how it goes. You know, there's a spiritual courtroom in heaven. Did you know that? Anybody? Yeah. There, I mean, there, there are spiritual principles, and the devil's an accuser of the brethren, right? He went up and accused God of, about Job. And so here's kind of the way it went. The devil goes like this. Your Honor, I want to present to you Marietta and the vertigo. <laughs> she has been teasing her father for many years, and now I put that vertigo on her. 
so that she could feel what her father felt. <laughs> yeah, the devil's evil, isn't he? <laughs> By the way, Marietta, let me do this because she wants people to not have to do what, go through what she had to go through. And so Marietta would be in the courtroom crying, boo-hoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to tease my dad. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is there saying, Marietta, it's okay, it's okay. God, Jesus has got you covered. Don't worry. Just plead the blood of Jesus. You'll be okay. Okay, I plead the blood of Jesus. So the judge, who's the judge? Father God looks at the case and says, ha, ha, let's see. She was teasing her father for many years. Uh, being insensitive to his pain uh, seems like a good case to me. I think that uh, there's no way that I can just overlook this. I think, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, so she probably should pay for that pain. Hmm. But Jesus, <laughs> our mediator, right, our advocate, is at the right hand of the Father saying, you know, Dad, I paid the price for that sin by the blood of my precious body. I paid the price for the forgiveness of sins. And that we, remember, we agreed that her sins and everyone's sins we would remember no more? You're right, son. That's exactly right. I claim and proclaim that this woman is not guilty. Free from all pain and vertigo, you must go. And uh, case closed. Next case. And what did Marietta do? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And they just hugged, and they went out, and they were happy all the day long, right? And what did the devil do? Ah, oh, shucks. That's another one that got away from me. I'm going to go try to find somebody else that I can trick. Right? Don't let him trick you. Don't let him trick you in everything that he does. He is trying to keep it on you as long as he can convince you that it's of God. And it's not. Because how can you fight God? If God put it on you, how can you fight him? But if it's the devil and you spot him out, you can claim victory in Jesus. Praise God. All right. So, so then I was thinking the other day. I go, yeah, I remember Marietta said, she used to listen to this one minister who taught that. Who taught that God puts things on you to teach you things. And you've heard that many times, haven't you? But God doesn't, he's, that's not the teacher. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. I mean, things may come our way. Usually it's our own fault. We get ourselves into trouble. I told Pastor Charlie, I get myself into trouble, but I, I expect the Lord to work, me, work it out. <laughs> come on, <laughs> Lord, can you, can you fix this one? <laughs> And he seems to every time. I don't know how he does it. But he knows how to work out my salvation, work out my troubles. He solves and settles the cases of his people. Did you know that? It's in Hebrews. He, he knows how to fix it. Praise God. So she was listening to this minister who believed that. And I said, Marietta, remember you told me that you used to hear that? And that's a false teaching, and you needed to, you know, rebuke that. She said, you know, Pastor... Uh, for the last couple of years, I only, the only minister I listened to is you. And 
that's okay. I mean, you don't have to do that, but thank God that that's what you do because, you know, if you listen to everything on the radio and everything on the TV, you'll get confused. You don't know how to decipher and say, oh, you know, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's right. I can look at it and say, that's half truth, that's a truth, that's not truth, because I've been around a long time. So if you, if you listen to something and you say, Pastor, what do you say about that? I'll tell you. And if I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. If there's d differing views, I'll tell you there's differing views. I don't know. You pick one. <laughs> pick what you want to believe. But in some cases, you know for sure that that's not the right way. And so you have to steer away from Because you'll walk away believing something and being in, in hurt and harm for many months, not knowing that God wants to deliver you. Praise God. Amen. So uh, thank you, Marietta, for letting us share that <laughs> with people. So let's go on to the uh, next slide. So in John 14, 16, it amplifies. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, another helper. He's the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, to be with you for how long? Forever. That's good news, isn't it? Amen. So you look up that word, another, another helper. It means one just like the one previous. In other words, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus, but in the spirit form. So he'll tell you about Jesus. He'll tell you what Jesus has done for you. He'll tell you all the benefits that you have. It's another, just like if Jesus was standing next to you, he'll tell you what the, the Holy Spirit will tell you what Jesus has done and take it to the Father. Another helper, comforter, advocate. See, the Holy Spirit's an advocate, but Jesus is also an advocate. So just like I showed in the illustration, the Holy Spirit is counseling her, and Jesus is the advocate here. They're working together to make God's word come to pass. So now look at this word, another helper. It's almost like this way. The next slide shows a swin, swin bike. Swin, swin. <laughs> so you, you have a swin bike. And it gets stolen. And you go, oh, man. So you go to the insurance company and say, I need another bike, a Schwinn bike. That's what I had. They said, okay, here's the bike that we're going to give you. You go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got shortchanged on that. It's a Schwinn, but it's not the same kind, right? So you can't say Jesus was here. People always say that. Oh, if Jesus was only here. He is here. Just like, he, just like if he was here in the physical realm. He's here in the spiritual realm. So, but God said that I'm going to give you another comforter, just like me. Same Schwinn bike. Praise God. Because now we don't have to tap, tap Jesus on the shoulder. Jesus, do you have a minute? I want to talk to you. No, you got the Holy Spirit that will be with you, just like him, to lead and guide you all the days of your life. Praise God. Amen. So let's look at this next scripture. John 14, 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Do you know him? For he dwells with you and will be in you, as we were saying before. I'm going to run through this because I want to get to another illustration. Okay, the next scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the thing we have to do is train our children how to follow in the Lord, in the way, the way of the Lord, and he shall go that way. 
even when he is old. He used to, used to think, well, when he's old, he'll come back. No, even when he is old, he will not depart. And I was talking with Margaret that does the pre-nursery, and they have a girl in their name, uh, Elise, just a wonderful, loving child. In fact, after the service, go up and talk to her. I'll tell you what, about her. She came about five years ago when she was young, about three years old. And boy, you could hear this girl all through the church. <laughs> she'd be running. She'd be screaming. She'd be saying, I want to go. I don't want to be here. And, and Margaret, just loving, kind, patient Margaret, would just put her on. Now, honey, we can't act like that way in church. We have to know that the Lord is with us, and we have to believe that he's going to be with you. Amen? I don't want to believe in <laughs> Now, honey, <laughs> let's go home and pray about this. And so as she was driving, you know, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. And we need to pray and believe God for all the things that we're facing. Year after year after year. And now, all of a sudden, last week, she runs up and gives me a hug. I haven't talked to her in five years. I go, what are you doing? <laughs> What happened? And I told my son, he goes, yeah, she hugged me too. I go, what happened? I don't know what happened. And Margaret says, she prays for everybody at the church. She prays for those in her family. She prays for those at school. When some, an accident happens, Margaret, shouldn't we pray? And she is the lovingest, most sweet girl you ever want to meet. Why? Train up a child in the way they should go. And even when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. Praise the Lord. So now I'm going to show you how do you get this anointing, you might ask, Pastor. I already gave you a little clue. It's through the Word of God. But let's look at this, this scripture right here. Okay, there's three ways for those of you that are taking notes and those of you that are at home. <laughs> we found out that there's over 1,500 uh, people that view our messages over the year. 1,500 people. We can't get them all in the church here, but they're listening out there. So there's three, three ways. First, love Jesus. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy... Jeez. Boy, he wants everything, doesn't he? And thy neighbor... As thyself. So the first thing you have to do is fall in love with Jesus. Don't just love Jesus from afar. Don't love him, you know, oh, he's such a wonderful person. I just love Jesus, but you don't know him. You know, you have to fall in love with the person who he is. He's a, he is love. He is mercy. He is kind. He is, he's generous. He's forgiving. Amen? The reason why I don't sin is because I got a father in heaven and Jesus whom I love that I don't want to offend him. I don't want to do things that would disrupt uh, the flow that we have together. I love him so much. Amen? He loved me so much. Why would I want to do anything like that? Am I crazy? He knows. In fact, I'll tell you that, to be honestly, tr true. But one time when I was young in the Lord and I was out ready to do, do a sin... I heard the voice from heaven come and speak to me in my bedroom said, Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, boy of little faith, he said. I go, I'm 33 years old. What are you talking about, oh, boy of little faith? But it had such 
heart and meaning. I knew he was tired of my sin. He was tired of me running around. He, he, he heard from heaven. He saw and said, oh, boy of little faith, stop it. What are you doing? But it had faith into, for me to want to believe and to overcome my situation. So love the Lord thy God. Love falling. You know, you can love him, but he wants you to fall in love with him. You want to be close to him. Kind of like when I first met the lovely Marianne. Let's see. There she is. Amen. Hot stuff, huh? <laughs> I fell in love with her. I didn't fall in love with her picture. I fell in love with the person. I could have that picture up on my wall all day long. Oh, I just love you, Marianne. I love you, Marianne. I love you, love you. But never call her. Never spend time with her. That's not good, is it? So I just happened to uncover a letter that she wrote to me before we got married. I just thought I'd share it with you since she's not here. <laughs> I actually showed it to her this morning. She goes, how did you remember that? I just made it up, okay? It says, dear Chuck, you are a wonderful guy, and I think you are really special. And I had to wait a minute and think, like, special like what? Like, I need to be in special ed? Or... I'm special, but maybe for somebody else? I read on. I really enjoy being around you, and I hope we can spend many, 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 many days together. Well, at that writing, I didn't know that I was going to spend 35 years with her, which totals 12,890 days. And that our love story will never end. Sign, Marianne. Praise the Lord. So I can't just look at the picture and hold on to the letter and say, I love you. I love you, Marianne. I hope I see you again sometime. <laughs> I just love, love, love you, right? Well, what, how, do you, how do you equate to that to now? You read the word of God. He says, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you go, oh, thank you, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Good night. No. Fall in love with the person that wrote the letter. He's alive on the inside of us, right? Love the Lord God. Not love the word. We love the word, but the word's just telling us who he is. So the first thing is love the Lord. Bye, Marianne. <laughs> the next scripture is let us labor. Oh, we don't like that word, do we? Labor. I thought this was supposed to be an ease, you know? Grace. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, the rest of believing, lest any man fall after the same example of, of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So we have to labor to enter into his rest, to be able to tap into the anointing of God. So we labor in the word. We labor in Jesus. First one is love the Lord. Second one is labor in Jesus. These are all L's. We want to enter into that rest, don't you? Once you get through the barrier and get into the spirit realm because of the word of God, you don't have to pray that hard. You don't. Because you're in one with the Lord and you just say a few words and bing, it happens. Like, for instance, if you look at the sun today, it was supposed to be 70% chance rain, right? I said, no, Lord. Mm. Mm, this is Sunday. 
Sunday. <laughs> your, your day. <laughs> I didn't want you all to get wet. I said, Lord, protect your people. I want to see sunshine today. Hallelujah. And the Lord heard my prayer. And you say, oh, that's a little braggadocious or pompous, isn't it, Pastor? I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> and he is good. Did he not make the sun stand still? Can he not bring the sunshine out? Yes, he can. So try it. You'll like it, okay? Now, labor to enter into his rest. You know, a lot of times, a lot of you might have personal uh, concerns, personal problems, personal habits that you're trying to overcome. Is anybody out there like that? I want to praise the Lord. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you've got to study your past. Look into the, your, your background and see why you are the way that you are and why you're doing the things that you're doing. I tend to disagree with that because I feel like if you put the word of God in, evil will leave. You can't have two in the same place. And I've seen that happen. You, you said, I, I'm trying to love that person. No, you don't. It's not you. Put the scriptures of love on the inside of you, and you'll start, start operating in love. Because no one can love the way God loves. Can you love? It's impossible. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who thinks like that? Who talks like that? Only God does that, right? And so we have to be able to, to, to think that way. And so here's an illustration. If you have a glass of water and you throw a tennis ball in it, where does the water go? Out. You're a vessel. You hold things on the inside of you. You drop the word of God on the inside of you. What happens? Evil leaves. Right? You don't have to dissect. Well, let's see. The water came from the faucet. It's been here a while. I don't know if I can get... Just drop that... Tennis ball, just drop that word of God on the inside and watch your old habits, your old ways flee. Praise God. Amen. Okay, last scripture. Whoever claims, are you claiming to live in him, must live as Jesus did. In the King James says, whoever uh, believes in him must walk the same way that Jesus walked. So however Jesus walked, however Jesus walked this earth. How did he walk this earth? Looking for opportunities and avenues to bless people, to minister to people, to set people free. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so you might say, well, I don't have much opportunity to do that, Pastor Chuck. It doesn't seem like there's, there's situations that I'm facing where I can do that. Would you say that? Well, I want Pastor Charlie to come up. And over the Christmas uh, time, Christmas vacation, Christmas season, he had an opportunity to do that, and so he talked to the Lord before he went to his family occasion. It's still morning, so good morning. <laughs> Just want to make sure. Uh, we uh, went to my, well, Jeannie's niece's house for Christmas Eve party. And before we left, we said, no, let's pray that the Lord will use us tonight to glorify his name. So we're at the party. It's not one of these wild parties, no. It's a family thing, so we're sitting there, we're playing games, and this lady started talking to me, and she found out that I was studying to be a pastor. So she started asking me questions about the Bible. And I said, well, are you saved? And she said, yes. 
He said, but the more I read the Bible, the further I feel from God. I said, well, then you're not standing on the word of God because you're letting Satan get in and mess up your thinking, and you need to come against that in the name of Jesus. Because in James 4, 8, it says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So I said, okay, uh, let's just uh, pray about this. So we went out, Jeannie and I went out, and we prayed with her, and she felt much better afterwards. And I gave her one of the cards that has all the uh, little helps on the back of it, and it said, look at these, and it's different things there that will help you through your walk with the Lord. So she said, okay, she accepted that. Now, my Jeannie's niece and her husband really don't want you talking about religion in their house. So they asked me to say the blessing for the food, so I had to say, no, this, the time of the season was for Jesus, and I got the word in for Jesus the whole group there and that was good and then after we finished everything her niece come up and thanked me for praying for her friend so when we have an opportunity we ask God you know show me what you want me to do show me who I can talk to and give me the words give me the strength trust in the Lord and he will guide you to those that need the help and we just trust in the Lord that he will do this for us and once he does this, then it's up to us to follow through, and he will give you the strength to do it. So it was a blessing, and uh, we, on the way home, was thanking the Lord for that opportunity he gave us to touch uh, two lives, maybe more than two lives. Because I told her, I said, we are not just talking the talk, we're walking the walk. And we stand on that that if we can bring forth Jesus and proclaim his name then the Lord will bless us and he will bless those that we talk to Amen. thank you Pastor Charlie so in conclusion our three uh, thoughts of the day for how to increase in the anointing of God to have him rise up on the inside of you are so our survey said, <laughs> uh, too much TV, huh? <laughs> love Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with the person of Jesus. Not his picture, not his letter, not the Bible, although we love the Bible, but we love the person of the Bible. Labor in Jesus. Labor in the word of God so that it will produce what you're putting on the inside of you. And he will rise up on the inside of you. Amen? Live like Jesus. Walk like Jesus. Be like Jesus. When Jesus went to the Pharisee's house, he didn't shut up. He just told them, and a couple of them said, you know, I'm going to give all that I have or half that I own to the, to the poor, and if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to give sevenfold, right? So wherever you go, make a difference in someone else's life. Let the Lord speak through you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your word today to be uh, anointed, to have Christ, the anointed one, live on the inside of us, our only hope of glory, seeing your glory in our lives. I thank you, Lord God, that you're doing great work in us because of this word. I think that we'll study this word, study the message so that we can be 
disciples taught of the Lord, and great is our peace and undisturbed composure. Amen? Hallelujah.